Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RF Gravity's podcast. Ted here, John here, coming at you at another uh, wonderful week of preseason. Yes? Yeah. No? It's the start yeah, of. I don't think so. It, it counts for that, at least. <laughs> Uh, does it? Does it, John? It feels. It feels just more. Uh, more. More angst. Angst, I guess, is a good way to to put it. Right now, I think I'm feeling. How are you doing, though, my friend? How was your weekend? I'm good. I'm. I'm trying for a Spindrift sponsorship. By uh, I've, I've stopped. I've stopped drinking soda so much. So Spindrift is my new thing. So if you're watching, hmm. if there's some sort of algorithm that that combs Twitch live streams, get in contact. Uh, I'm good, man. My weekend was. I bet as good as it can be. I think in this in this universe, not a great, not a lot of great news on the DC United front or um, on on that side. But I think certainly <laughs> we've got a lot to talk about, which is something I didn't think I would say on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, I think things uh, things went things went weird. Let's just say that uh, for for DC United. Let's uh let's get right into it. Let's get into the big story. I, I think the biggest story. Oh, John, I think we had some some things we wanted to drop or plug, or was that for someone else? That was for someone else. We can we just have... say, hey, if you're watching so... and you want to subscribe uh, to us it's, uh, on your with your Prime sub for Twitch, please do so. Uh, SMC Ultra, thanks for the uh, the sub uh, this month. It is an easy way for you to give us free money uh, and if to support the show, which we love. Uh, we're also. Uh, I almost I almost spilled the beans uh, about about what we're going to announce next week. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't do. It would be helpful. Uh, it would be helpful to uh, to support the show, uh, but the amount of work that's going to change, at least on my plate, <laughs> starting next <laughs> week. So uh, please please show you uh, please show you listen to the show and like us by uh, by uh, subbing on Twitch, or also make sure that you like uh, and not like and subscribe, rate our show on iTunes, uh, rate our show on Spotify, which is a thing you can do now. Uh, and uh, tell your friends about us. That's the things you yes. can always do. And Patrick McGill, I am wearing a loud United jersey for all the Loudon, <laughs> for all the Loudon fans <laughs> out there. They're having some good news. I feel like they're having they're having the, a pretty a decent uh, a decent couple days. I guess. I mean, there's some news. They had they had an open tryout in five degree weather. That's not that's not great. But not uh, great. we didn't have to do not it. Fun. So. Well, uh, speaking speaking of weather that is not where it is not five degrees, at least I don't think. I don't know. I don't. I don't know the climate of Mexico City. I probably should. I probably should research that. Warmer, Paul than, Riola, warmer than here, probably. Yeah, warmer. Certainly warmer than here. Um, Paul Riola is uh, apparently might not be a DC United player next year after all. Well, let's start with the. So, so I guess news broke um, coming out of coming out of Mexico. Coming out, I believe Tom Bogart sort of dropped the the news that Club America is indeed looking to sign uh, Paul Ariola. For, for, first, the first the news was well, it was kind of. Eh, touch and go. Who knows? Maybe they're interested, but DC is interested in selling. It was also, you know, I think it was also the Galaxy and and Cholos too at the start. So mm-hmm. it's been a lot. Now it is Club Club America. Yeah, now it's Club America, and I think like 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 me, we were all disappointed. Um, I guess you could say because you know we certainly th- this team now needs a a uh, doesn't you know needs a designated player slot to fill. Um, but we're like, okay, well, I mean. I, I, I kind of landed on well if Club America's calling and you want to drop and, and they're willing to pay five to six million for for Paul then you kind of have to say yes at that point that was what I originally thought um, then things turned sour well John give me your first impressions you maybe have a different no, opinion no I think of we, all I think, this I think we were in the same spot in that in a perfect world uh, he is healthy happy motivated wants to play for DC United and we have uh, multiple designated players at one time healthy and playing for more than ten minutes which is what we had. Uh, in the year 2021, uh, but yeah, I, I think if you were going to sell them and do well and have and make good, and, you know, make a good profit on it, that's what you do when you're DC United and not a team with infinite resources. However, uh, like you're like we're about to get into the rumored structure of this deal is not a thing that benefits DC United in almost any way. Yeah, it it, it really. We'll get into it. Let's talk about it. So rumors coming out of I, I forget the person who dropped this rumor basically turned this thing pretty much to, well, at least they're getting some money for it to, oh, dear Lord, this could be disastrous. Uh, and this is it, basically the deal is now looking like a one year loan with an option to buy. Uh, so basically, uh, DC United assumes all the risk here. They hold they hold the contract. Uh, they have 
you know, very little say in whether they get the actual buy fee for Paul Ariola. Uh, Paul has to go in and prove he can play in the league of Exile, which he did which not I think do he has on his last loan. So his his recent record on uh, proving, <laughs> staying healthy and proving worth on last loan was not good. Well, Swansea's a different, sure. a different situation, I guess, than Club America. It's 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 a very different thing. He he is very comfortable. That's where he made his name was in League MX. So he's certainly someone who's very comfortable in the league, who's had success in the league. Um, and uh, but the but the one year loan definitely speaks uh, not a good deal for DC. Uh, this definitely, I I truly do believe that this team is is petrified of another uh, Luciano Acosta situation. That's what this feels like, you know. Do right by the you do right by the player. Uh, Club America just comes in becomes interested. Obviously, Paul wants to join. Uh, Paul is there was some some people saying I think uh, across that uh, across DC United circles that you know it's a situation where maybe you want to be with a club, you want to get playing time. His playing time is ultimately going to be reduced with Club America. They are you know the richest club in Mexico. But I think this has a different move for for Paul. I think this is uh, this is really his last opportunity. I think he feels uh, to get to a bigger club, keep himself in that national team picture, push himself. There's a lot of players out there in uh, in the winger position for the U.S. men's national team that are playing in Europe and getting starting eight minutes in Europe. Um, so he's definitely slipped down the totem pole, and I think this is his chance. He sees this as an opportunity to push himself back onto that. Onto that forefront, um, I'm gonna laugh if everybody starts praising him. Like after oh, the, after oh, all this, will. like <laughs> they sure they for sure will. Uh, and, and you know, we talked about not wanting to have another Acosta situation. Here's the difference. I feel like uh, Paul just signed a new contract. He's got two years still under contract, so they are bending over backwards to accommodate Paul's desire to move here. My view on doing right by the player is to ask the agent, go find us a deal, a deal. For this amount of money, go wherever you need to go. Talk to whoever you need to talk to. If he wants to go, we'll work on that. But this is like barely a deal. This is this gets him to where all this does is give Paul exactly what he wants. It gives the team maybe something that they want in the future. But the biggest problem is they open training camp today. Did they know that Paul wanted to go? I'm sure all offseason. I'm sure his agent and he have been talking to DC United to say, you know, uh, I think my future lies away from here. I'd like to move, and I'm sure, and we'll talk about this sort of the the, the folly with DC United sort of tight lipped, <laughs> tight lipped uh, communication style. Uh, they're they're surely looking at they were trying to find out a replacement for him, but this to me is this is the worst version of what that could be. They have done everything for the player and nothing for nothing for the team, nothing for the fans. It's a, it's a dice roll for a team that can't afford a dice roll, particularly when uh, the other designated player is Edison Flores and has some issues right now, <laughs> which we'll get into. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think it has to be, I hope it has to be a tough spot. I hope this isn't a, th- there's a lot, there's a lot that I think can be fixed. If this team were to communicate more with their fan base, we, you know what, let's, let, let's get into it. Cause I, th- I think this, I think this is, this is linked here. And it, ultimately one, one thing before we move what, on, if yeah. if if he does, if Paul does get loaned uh, and not replaced immediately because for whatever reason they weren't able to get the play they wanted in, does this open the door for Griffin Yao, who who has not shown himself to be a favorite of of Aaron Almasada? He only played eleven times in twenty twenty. He only played eleven times in twenty twenty one. Exactly the same, which is interesting. Uh, had one really good game. The one really good game he had last year was the thirty minute cameo against Toronto when they won seven one. Uh, mm-hmm. but Griffin and Paul have a good relationship. Griffin was posting stuff on Instagram about Paul on his story recently. And I think that Paul sees himself a little bit in Griffin. And I'm wondering, do you think, you know, worst case scenario where he's not replaced and Paul goes on loan, do you think Griffin can fill that spot? Or do you think Julian uh, Gressel moves from right wing back up to the, up to the wing? You know, I think I think really it's 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 difficult to say because we don't know because this team is going to sign players. Yep. They are going to bring players in. Every any any idea that they are going to sit and not sign anybody. The quality of those signings is obviously up for debate. What types of players are they going to bring in? They've been very quiet this offseason. 
Um, are they working on something behind the scenes? Uh, it, you know, golf has basically been saying it's been a pretty quiet, uh, pretty quiet off season. Um, and you know, that's coming from him. Some guy who's really close to the club. Is he getting all the information he used to do? Uh, you know, I think it's really hard for the fans, people like me. I know signings are coming. I don't know what the quality of those signings are coming. And yes, I am getting nervous. I am trying to check myself <laughs> and say, it's still January. This team still theoretically has time. Things can develop very, very quickly. We don't know who they're scouting. We don't know who they're going to bring in. Um, but, you know, I think this is a huge problem, you know, for the for the fans is that, you know, Dave Casper, Lucy Rushton, Hernan Lasada have basically been a, a, uh, basically missing missing in action. Uh, no interviews with any with any players with I mean with any uh, sorry with any reporters or podcasts. Uh, I think some play yeah I think some players <laughs> have been what's that or podcasts. No, no interviews with podcasts either. Just yeah, some players have been you know made available. I think the, the only story that's really come out has been from Stephen Goff talking about the improved training, uh, of, of which by the way coaching staff and everybody else didn't want to comment on. Um, so it's been, <laughs> as, as MC ultra says, come to the Ted, come to the dark stuff and start tweeting, raging later. I refuse to join that, that group. That is, that is just something I, I don't like to join. Maybe it's cause like, I, I don't, everybody's, I think trying to draw a lot of things that, and again, it comes, it comes down to the fact that the team is not communicating. Uh, I really wish you look at what inner Miami did. I think inner Miami had a whole, YouTube live show. Now they are a mess of an organization. They are they are digging themselves deep. That is why they're doing this too, by the way, Ted. Like <laughs> Yeah. True, true. But I still feel like there are other teams out there that make their GMs available that at least give the fans an idea of what they're planning, what their vision is, what they're in what they're in you know, the the if the idea, you know, even if it's just Dave Casper at the Super Draft saying, "Look, you know, we're we're working on some signings. We expect to announce some in the next few in the next few weeks. Uh, right now, but we've got to keep a tight lid." That's really that's a significant improvement from what we're getting, which is nothing. I think the only thing I've seen, I think Stuart Mears may have dropped a comment saying, "Oh, we get we'll be really good once we get a couple of these signings in." They're really the only indication I saw, um, and I think that came from a post article. I, I saying, but that's I've heard I've heard from it. I've heard from 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 team staff that they're anticipating a bunch of signings too so yeah you know take that take that for its worth I mean, like you said ted they're not going to go into the season with 21 players players yeah. are coming in uh yeah we'll, we'll see who they are and, and that is i mean that's important but you know i so to your point communication is important it doesn't cost you anything uh mm -hmm. i don't think you get a benefit from from sort of moving in silence um particularly when you're looking at players that no one knows or has heard of before. So it's not like you're going to pip yourself. Like you're not going to screw up your own deal by, I think I said on Twitter today, it's not like if in 2021 they were like, we're looking at a hot striker from Bulgaria. Uh, you know, <laughs> you, 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 you'll, you'll know who he is when he signed. Like that won't happen. That's not who we, that's no. not where we play. But you know, I, I mentioned uh, Paul leaving, leaving a big hole for us potentially because of our designated player situation. Edison Flores, a player that we have talked about ad nauseum, a, a player who I would say 75% of DC United, at least the online component, uh, would like him to go away, would think he was a disappointment, would think that we should move on from him if possible. Um, played uh, for Peru against Panama last night, two nights ago, uh, and got hurt. Hurt his right knee. Uh, played 69 minutes. I just so quick from his performance perspective. Played 69 minutes, 72% passing rate, one chance created, won three duels, lost six, uh, six, uh, 6.5 foot mob rating, and then hurt himself. Uh, knee to knee was 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 uh, mooted from someone who watched the game, uh, but he's having an MRI and returning to DC now. Uh, yeah. In an interview, he said he didn't think it was serious and he thought that his performance was bad because he hasn't played for three months. Which, sure, I mean that's probably it true. I mean, when you have a player who's been as injury prone as he is, I, I do think there is a precautionary element to it. And I think as soon as he says, as soon as, and even for the player, the player is like, this is, this is really, I mean, it, we talked about last year being the, the year that uh, Flores needs to prove himself. <laughs> this year is DEFCON 5. You need to show something. It's year minus one. Um, <laughs> and everybody, a lot, and you know what? A lot of people talk about, you know, he, he, maybe he's not that good. He played really well for Morelia. 
you know, I, I hedge to bet. I, I, he hasn't shown well in the situations, I guess, that he's been there. But to be fair, he hasn't really had much of an opportunity because he's not to on the really. Field. Yeah, because he's not on the field. So he needs to be on the field this year. I hope this isn't serious. I hope this is like one or two weeks tightness and then he's back um, and healthy, first of all. Uh, you know, I was I I guess I was more curious. Okay, now Lasada's got his little treatment thing in there. You know, they're gonna be monitoring fitness. Maybe he'll come in and he'll be he'll be sharper. Um, and that doesn't look good when you come in and kind of play a little lost. Uh, you know, you can't replicate game experience, but maybe you expect a little bit more uh, from from Flores. Yeah, you, and from this treatment regimen. Check that article if you haven't seen it yet in the Washington Post that talked about what the players are being expected to do. Over the offseason, they're using uh, some sort of watch. I don't think it's – it sounds like not a consumer product. It sounds like something else yeah. uh, to record what they're what they're doing, and they get they get a call on their phone if they didn't do their, their workout. So, you know, they went today for physicals uh, and check-in at, at mm-hmm. the new facility in Loudoun. I am hoping – we got no content around that today, uh, which was yeah. strange to me. Like nothing from Twitter, nothing from anywhere. That was weird. So I assume maybe tomorrow we'll get that stuff, but – um, yeah, Edison Flores coming back to DC to get checked out. He thinks he'll be on the bench against Columbia. I think next week. Mm. I hope not. <laughs> for, yeah, for, I hope. I, I hope DC is like mm, like. Nope. I, I think Edison just just hang out, man. Get checked in. Rest that knee. You need to play. Uh, DC United has made one signing, so to so to speak, uh, in the last a couple weeks. Ted Pietro, a, a player from Loudoun United, an academy player. Uh, signed with DC United last week. We we had an interview with him uh, before the season last year. He has made big strides. Last year was his breakout season, really sort of. He, he, he made a comment that he's a little bit older than the other players that signed. Uh, Jacob Green, he's older than. <laughs> uh, some of the other players he's older than. Jeremy Gray, I think he's older than. 30 appearances last year, seven goals, three assists. He plays centrally. He said that a number 10 uh, was uh, his favorite role. He probably won't play that here because we don't really do that so much, uh, but he can play on the wing. Uh, and the question is, is he a DC United player? Is he a Loudon player? Uh, it's possible that uh, that he plays for DC United, but I would imagine they're going to check him out this week and next week. Uh, Ernan said he's going to figure out where he fits. It's, mo- it's more important to me. I, th- I look at Griffin Yao as the cautionary tale, right? Please played 11 times uh, the last two years. His development has stagnated. I think potentially because of that, I don't want to see Ted's season last year go into him just being put on ice this year with five appearances. I don't think that's better for him, particularly now that everyone is training in the same place uh, in Loudon. Keep him, keep keep everyone there. Keep Ted, you know, let him let him train with uh, the first team throughout the week, and then put him in Loudon on the weekends. He needs to play games. They all need to play games. There's enough slots now. Uh, that that you can do that, but well, uh, how, how do you feel about a player like this being signed? What does it what does it say to you about sort of their approach uh, going into the season and, and sort of in the future? It's it's the one positive thing because it does show it does show a tangible benefit to having Loudon United exist as a team, even when they were terrible, bottom of the USL Championship. Ted Koo was one of the best players in the league. That's I mean, he elevated that team. It's great for him. I think it's great for him to get the start. I'm a little more positive. Griffin showed well, but Griffin was still even in Loudon was very was was it was in spurts. It was like yeah, he didn't he, have he didn't he wasn't he, he was not dominant there the way Ted was last year at any point. Yeah, he was he would explode with a couple great goals, a couple great games, but he was never consistent. Ted Koo was consistent this year, which gives me more hope that he can make that next step up. I'll, I'll be very excited if. If we can watch preseason games, uh, if we see when we see him in preseason, I'm hopeful they they widen that they've widened that uh, that 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 radius this year um, because they did that for the game. Another player uh, also rumored to come in, um, Hayden Sargis, center back, 19 years old, rumored to be signing. Kind of the first, it, it was almost it was almost like I feel like uh, either Stephen Golf or uh, or somebody reached out to Stephen and said, "Hey, leak this guy." <laughs> Leak somebody. Give him. Give him. Give him. Give him a little bit of something. Um, this, maybe that's coming for something else. This but. is a this is a promising signing if it happens. Just to mm-hmm. give you a little background on him, thirty starts last year for Sacramento Republic. Uh, their defense middle of the pack last year. They have not. They've not been as good as they were a few years ago. I think the MLS chase has sort of taken their eye off the ball as far as their effectiveness. But he was uh, excellent. 
second team, second on the team in clearances, eight block shots, won 50, 50% of his duels, uh, signed out of their academy, and was the young player of the year for all of USL in 2020. Um, so I think, you know, I think Ted and I were talking about this, I think maybe in the Discord, that uh, to me this says uh, young player to replace uh, Frederick Briant. Donovan Pines maybe slides up one on the depth chart. He starts getting those minutes that Frederick would have had uh, earlier. Maybe not last year. He was sort of put on ice, uh, but uh, maybe that means Pines is sort of a, like the third, the third guy, the third rotational guy. Um, I think that'd be great. I think that really helps uh, his development. This is a make or break year for him. And then we get this mm-hmm. guy in who can sort of pivot, you know, maybe between here and Loudon to stay fresh. Um, you know, that's always our hope. We I, I bring up the Loudon stay fresh thing every every year. And they never do it. And there are always because they need bodies, right? They need to have available bodies. Mm-hmm. But um, 19 years old, making a step up, I think it's great. I think that's a good. That's a good signing uh, for DC United. Yeah, know, rumored signing anyway. Rumored signing. And if it does happen, I think it, it provides some good depth at that center back position. I think you can effectively say the center back uh, position is set. Also, uh, uh, Pablo Mauer dropping that. Annie Nahar has now has re- has joined the team. Uh, and apparently still in discussions to maybe get a little bit more money out of his contract uh, situation. So very good to see that the team at least recognizes that. So again, there's little nuggets of positivity yep. in the in the in the tsunami of of a bad that is him been holding out this past week. Him holding out would have been the cherry on top of my yeah. horrible horrible Sunday. <laughs> um, other sort of player personnel news. Uh, there's a tweet that came out today uh, about Felipe potentially joining FC Cincinnati. DC United supposedly still in the hunt. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, their sources close to the team and certain locations have uh, have said that it's like FC Cincinnati is very close to being done. That makes sense from a number. It makes sense from a Cincinnati need perspective. And I think Felipe walks into that team. Probably they don't have any sixes mm-hmm. or eights. I was talking to um, I was talking to someone from Cincinnati Soccer Talk this morning, and they were talking about sort of their needs. So that's a that's a great that's a great move for him. I think it makes more sense than it does here probably. Based on what he's looking mm-hmm. for, uh, but good luck to Felipe if that happens. It, it it does almost feel like the signings they're making. If this is why, I mean, you you look at I look at the I look at the I do look at the signing of um of uh, of Hayden, and I say that kind of seems like a Moneyball analytics type signing um, for for uh, for for DC. Um, so it definitely seems definitely seems definitely seems like it could be something could be something good for the team to to maybe dip into that a little bit. Um, I'm, and I think you know if they want to be that route, that's fine. They need to communicate that. If if they want to say, look, we're gonna you know make some signings. We think there's some. We think there is a market inefficiency in the USL or in lower division soccer that we can take advantage of and bring guys in. We think we can re- we think we can really build our academy. That's great. Communicate that. Tell us that. You know, and also say, hey, we're also still looking for some for some big time players. That's okay too. Tell us that too. Yeah. Give us give us info. Give us info. That's what we're talking about. SMC Ultra asking about Junior Moreno. Junior Moreno is still, uh, ne- I guess, negotiate. He's been offered a contract uh, with DC United. Mm-hmm. They, DC United because they offered it. Still control his rights. He was training with uh, Ulysses Segura in Austin with a, a Costa Rican trainer that. Who knows what that means? It could mean nothing. Uh, but nothing, I've heard nothing about uh, Junior coming back to DC United. So that's that's still on the table. Defensive midfield still is a question. There was a report, uh, Ryan Martin interview, talking about Jeremy Gray maybe not being available for Loudon very much, which means that potentially he is uh, playing for DC United. So that might be that might and, be an effort to backfill. And the and the the youth movement in DC has gotten a lot better. Um, I think there's a lot more a lot more buzz for DC United youth players now um, than there has been in a long time. I feel like uh, for, for players. So maybe maybe this is the direction the team wants to go. And honestly, I'm I I'm for we're it. We're okay with that. Whatever they, it is, if if, if we can get that, to the right? point, <laughs> yeah. If if we can get to the point where we're making a Ricardo Pepe type sale for twenty million dollars, that'd be incredible. Yep. And that would make news. That would make news in DC. And I think that would work here in DC because we do very much. We do like sort of, I guess, sort of homegrown stars. We're you know we're a big market, but we appreciate Alex Ovechkin for the time he basically grew up as a star here. Um, you talk about uh, that's the only name that really comes to mind, I guess, right now. That's really coming to mind right now. But uh, John Carlson, you know, a lot of those guys from the Capitals I talk about. So I think that can work very well here in this city if that's what the if that's what they want to do. Uh, Super draft. We have the super draft. DC United traded away the 13th pick for 100k in allocation. 
uh, a lot of people upset about that. Um, I, 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 yeah, I ask you, everybody's like, well, you can still find talent. Yes, you can. You can. Um, I think they held on. They wanted to see maybe a generation Adidas guy kind of slips down. Maybe one of the goalkeeper, maybe one of the goalkeepers, even though they're rumored to be signing. I think maybe they were thinking, well, maybe if, if a GA guy is sitting there, maybe we we take him. Uh, but I think once that was gone, you're like, you know what? Take the hundred thousand dollars. We trust who we have in our academy uh, to come through. Uh, but they did make some signings. Uh, so guys that are probably most likely vying for Loudon United contracts. They are for sure. Um, uh, yeah. They are for sure. I, I, have, I have heard, in fact. Uh, from someone close to Loudon that, that one of these players is going to feature for Loudon off the bat. So uh, Skage Simonson, a midfielder mm-hmm. from SMU, 10 goals, four assists, and 27 appearances. Six foot three. I noted that. He seems tall. <laughs> the internet, he's got an, he's going to take an international spot. So keep that in mind, too. Uh, and Sofian Jafal, I'm guessing on that. I'm guessing on that pronunciation. Uh, a midfielder out of Oregon State, 18 goals and 19 assists and 62 starts. Uh, both have reported to training camp. Alex uh, Nagy out of Vermont is not going to join until the summer. Uh, midfielder, eight goals, sixteen assists. I, you know, if I'm if I'm that guy, if I'm getting drafted at the tail end of the draft, I am also staying, getting my degree, and yeah. coming and coming to Loudon or wherever at the end of the summer because there's no reason not to do it, man. You should get that degree yeah. and then come and see if it works out for you. Yeah, yeah, I think that is very much what we're uh, what we're seeing. Uh, you know, the talk of of coaches of coaches leaving uh, DC one coach, one former players, at least staying on as coach. And that's Frederick, Frederick brilliant. And I'd almost forgotten that because there's been some moves about some other coaches leaving uh, from Pablo Maurer, which is, I think is sort of in the, it's kind of one of those things that just, it pops up probably has nothing to do with the, any sort of issue or situation at DC. Um, at least I don't think Zach Thornton, I, there's nothing. Zach Thornton was on an expiring contract. It was, yep. It's been talked about since Hernan came in that they were going to keep, Thornton and Chad Ashton on through that last season uh, and then decide whether or not they were going to go forward. So that's all that was. There's been no announced replacement, but there's also only one goalie on the roster. So not really a super high priority at the exact moment. I'm sure they're going to have somebody in from mm-hmm. somewhere, someone to help uh, out, out quickly. But um, yeah, so congrats to Fred Briant uh, for, for making the move. Get it, he got his B license. Uh, last year, same as Felipe. So way, way to sort of move into that next part of his career. And also congrats to Matt Arrington, who's been promoted to the director of coaching for the DC United Academy and was also going to remain the U15 coach. Uh, so that's there are there have been some hires on the academy side too. So I'm excited to see as the pipeline continues to feed Loud United, which then feeds DC United. That is the That was the goal with this whole thing. Uh, and it's starting to work better than now than it has uh, in the past. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've talked about that a lot. Before we go to break, uh, and we and we definitely don't want to make it seem like this is a this is a small issue at all, but definitely uh, want to send our condolences to King CJ, uh, who is our DC United's EMLS player uh, who suffered uh, racist comments during his last EMLS game. Uh, the club is the team has come out and made a statement. EMLS has come out and made a statement. Uh, actually, st- despicable things that took place there. Uh, we had King CJ on our show. Uh, he's an awesome guy, uh, huge DC United fan. Uh, I will say he predicted uh, he predicted uh, Kevin Pratis's rise this season. He called that right at the beginning of the year. So an awesome guy, excellent guy. Uh, really uh, sorry that he had that he had to go through that. Um, and I hope wish him all the best as he continues uh, being DC's awesome EMLS player, where he's been dominating. Um, from what I've heard. So awesome. Uh, great, great, great stuff from him. Uh, not great stuff yeah. from the commentary. Yeah, not great stuff from the commentary. But that's, yeah, ugh, it's just awful. All right, folks, I think that's going to do it. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to get into some Washington spirits. So stick around. You're listening to the uh, RFQ Refugees podcast. Back, our right, refugees podcast. Ted here, John here. We're uh, talking Washington Spirit. You just saw an awesome goal from Paige Nielsen last season from our Twitch live stream. Really hoping they uh, they bring back that action uh, for for twenty twenty two, so we can get back in on that. That was tons of fun. Nice. If you guys didn't see it, go check it out. It's still a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it's like a dip back in time. It's our best. Uh, for... It's our only clips that were worth anything from Twitch. There are a couple <laughs> clips from there that are pretty funny. So check those out. 
Yeah. But uh, we have a whole Washington Spirit saga to to discuss. Uh, crazy, crazy Washington Spirit saga that just gets crazier by the minute. Um, I am eagerly looking forward to the 30 for 30 in five to 10 minutes or the secret base video in some capacity. I'm not sure where it would fall under their little videos. But and also the like day that this podcast comes out uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, there's going to be a major development on this news so yeah oh yeah listen to this early in the morning folks uh as soon as you hit this (laughs) as soon as you see this at your podcast stream listen to it yeah so let's uh let's start Uh, we can kind of i think everybody here maybe listening is is at least somewhat aware of what's going on um let's start with uh i guess about it's about a week ago week and a half ago somewhere around then i'm trying to remember the it's all flown by very quickly but basically we were all kind of prepared uh for todd bowley uh, and the other owner whose name I can't remember, basically taking over Washington. I think they're also part of the, with this partnered with the St. James. Yep. Basically, we, we all we all prepared for that announcement that it happened. It was done. It was over. Um, it was a group. Uh, sorry, I have it right here. I have Je- Jennifer Tepper McCat Maxkey. No, McCassey. Don't matter because anyway. she's not on the team anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. We don't Probably know. Not. But uh, but it's a whole group of investors, including the St. James. Uh, they said they had. They, apparently, they said they had met with the players and the fans. Uh, fans, including the Rose uh, Room Collective and the Spirit Squadron, both dispute this. Very curious to know what fans they met with. Uh, if that's the case, I think they just asked uh, to meet with fans, and then the fans. So, from my understanding, what happened was uh, the there was a request to meet. All of those groups, there was no follow up on that. There was nothing set up. There were no dates. There were no dates uh, set. Conversations had, and then basically they just reported out. They're like, "Oh yeah, we talked with the fans," in <laughs> uh, that like sending an email was talking with them, like, even if there's no response. So that's where sort of the the disconnect came through on uh, on what happened with that. So uh, good good try, I guess, but didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, didn't work. I think they met with the. I think they actually did meet with the players, and the players apparently came away unimpressed from what I heard right. uh, with the whole situation. I, I mean, I think also it's, it's very hard to come in, and you ha- that has to be an awesome sales technique when you've been advocating for months that they should sell to Michelle, and then here this other owners group comes in. You can, and I really do think I think that had an impact uh, when you're trying to buy an asset or you're trying to buy an organization with employees. Uh, are you really going to want to deal with an organization that of people who are mad at you already when you, as soon as you walk in the door, who are not going to be happy with you, particularly players that you can't necessarily just let go of uh, and replace easily? Uh, no. And I think they misunderestimated or underestimated, misunderestimated, <laughs> underestimated <laughs> the, uh, the, the toxicity that is the ownership situation right yep. now. Um, and yeah, any, any prevailing thoughts? Do you want to go into the, to the next big thing that dropped? No, I think, I think talking <laughs> about, you dropped, you dropped the news, you dropped the news that this was about, this was, this was a done deal. Yeah. That's, that's year. what everyone had sort of, uh, had, had came to that conclusion based on how they had positioned themselves, but then everything changed over the course of 24 hours. Yes. Basically 24 hours. Um, essentially Michelle Kang, acquired 52% of the voting shares of the team. He convinced, she convinced eight other owners. Again, I, we are not, we are not ownership, financial, legal experts. We are not privy to financial news. None of us have these skills. Uh, but basically she took, t- took some owners. who so I guess had debt in the team. They bought, told them to turn into, they a- bought, they bought debt notes last year. Uh, Steve Baldwin was uh, hemorrhaging money. Uh, on the team, the team was costing, particularly through the through, through the coronavirus, uh, through COVID, uh, a bunch of new investors bought that debt and were holding that for a payoff, a lower payoff. Basically, when you uh, hold debt on something like this, you're hoping for you know a single digit percentage payback. It's like a savings bond, basically. Uh, although they were also offered in their agreement when they bought the debt to turn those shares of debt into equity shares in the team. Michelle Kang convinced them to do that. And the mm-hmm. biggest the biggest change here uh, was that Devin Talbot, uh, who is the CEO of what's the name of the what's the name of the group? It's on the it's the Jersey sponsor. It's a it's an equity it's an it's equity hedge Telebridge. Yeah. yeah, it's a, a, a equity hedge fund uh, that people were. Very, it's kind of well, it's funny because everyone was like, "This guy is absolute worst," uh, and maybe he still is. Uh, but uh, he was he was able to he sold his shares straight to Michelle Kang 
which enabled her to get that upper hand in the percentage. And she got the rest of the debt holders who converted to just basically say, I'm on board with what Michelle wants to do with the team. And also we're very excited about your $35 million offer that you're still going to make for the team. Cause then that makes my equity shares worth even more than they were before. So that's, it was a great way to get people on your side of saying, ah, you know, if you don't get on my side, you'll make X dollars. But if you get on my side, you'll make X plus Y dollars. And the Y is pretty big. So it, it was a pretty uh, great move. No one, no one saw this coming. Yeah, no one saw this coming. I mean, this was, this was, this is about as close to like a hostile takeover mm-hmm. as you can get. Um, and but apparently, you know, not all is is rosy. This I think some of us kind of thought, oh, this is it. Like this is the this is the the gauntlet. Like she now owns 52% of the club. She owns a controlling share. Uh, not so fast. Apparently now the NWSL has decided to show um, to show. Uh, wait a minute. Hold on. We're not sure if these owners have been properly vetted for the uh, for the team. And in fact, apparently, you know, we all know from the Alex Ovechkin uh, ownership buy that he hasn't actually paid anything. There's a lot of a lot of stuff uh, that that was maybe not as well done about what uh, what Steve Baldwin did with these ownership with these ownership shares. Um, but then also the but, league, that's a failure in the league too. Yeah. So that, that is another it, it, reason why they should just sort of let this go because the fact that this is not above board and the paperwork isn't right, kind of on them. So maybe they should just let it go and then, and then get it straight afterwards. I don't know. That'd be my, that'd be my advice. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. This is, this is, this is, there's going to be another news drop. Obviously this was the holiday weekend, so probably no one around. They're going to meet apparently the, both Steve Baldwin and, uh, Michelle Kang are going to meet with the league. Uh, Stephen Bank, who's a law professor who covers soccer, says the fact that both uh, Baldwin and Kang have been invited to address the NWSL Board of Governors suggests that either Baldwin control contests that Kang has legally secured, secured control of the spirit or the league could disregard the change of control altogether. So he is a little bit negative on this idea that they're both meeting. I I, I think this is, this is high stakes. Uh, I think the league is in... They are either opening themselves up from a lawsuit directly from Baldwin, yep. which I think will most certainly, if this goes Kang's way, will be coming. Yep. Um, this will absolutely be coming from from Steve Baldwin. On the flip side, if they don't, you know, make things good with Michelle Kang, maybe another. I mean, now basically, uh, Michelle Kang has said, "Look, I have acquired fifty-two percent. I have turned these shares. I own the controlling stakes." If they still say nope, it still goes to to Steve Baldwin to sell the club. He's still we we do not we do not approve of this. Then you're opening yourself up to a lawsuit from Michelle Kang. Yep. So there are going to be lawsuits <laughs> at the end of this, regardless of wherever this goes, in my opinion. Um, and it's 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 going to get nasty, and we can only hope it goes the way we want it to go, and the league is able to survive it. it it's really funny that basically after so many years. There is still now an ownership controversy that is basically going to be a little bit different flavor of an ownership controversy, but an ownership controversy involving a team either from Washington or formerly from Washington that is pending a lawsuit uh, with, with the league. And could, so, tank, and um, could tank the league. Depending yeah. on how this lawsuit goes, there there are – you know there's legal arguments to make for anything, right? <laughs> but yeah. I think this – particularly in this case, like – Either Steve Ball, from Steve Baldwin's side, I have controlling ownership stake. I can sell this to whoever I want. The people who are contesting against this are either paper owners or they are not the majority shareholders. And the way that our system is set up, I can do whatever I want. I don't have to sell to the highest bid if I don't want to because uh, free country, I guess. Uh, but Michelle, Michelle Kang's point is that uh, just from a perspective of She's on the side of logic, right? The higher bid is the best for the team, the best for the league. Uh, The fact that she has done the maneuvering she has done in the last week shows that there is there is a buy there's a buy in on her strategy and how she wants to do this. She's also apparently I don't have it in front of me. She's recruiting additional uh, Washington area businesswomen to join the ownership group, the potential ownership group, um, sort of saying that I am going to give you the opportunity to be what you say you want this to be. I'm going to give you a local female-led, uh, uh, women of color. We're doing all these things that you have said that you are going to be about as a league and, and sort of uh, moving, moving, elevating elevating voices and giving people opportunities to uh, have a, a, a seat at the table that they don't have in other sports leagues. I'm going to give you that opportunity. And all you have to do 
is say, yep, you are right. <laughs> you own the team. And, 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 and for the price of that, Steve Baldwin gets to get overpaid for his shares. So even when he loses, he wins. He still owns, uh, what is it? Was it 31%, 32% uh, along with Bill Lynch? With that, with that thirty-five million dollar bid that comes in from Michelle King, he's gonna make a whole bunch of money. He's gonna he's gonna come out ahead on this. Uh, it's just a question of, you know, what when is enough enough? What does he hope to gain by this? It becomes completely about his pride and about his ego if he moves forward with this because the the ownership, the 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 league should the league owner should look down on this because it hurts uh, team valuation. Uh, the fans will look very, very poorly on this as it continues to get more and more oxygen about what the actual things that went on were and what the conversations were. Fans on the whole are going to be completely against this ownership group, even worse than they were this year. So to me, the best case scenario for him is for them, for Michelle to buy this team, buy him out, spend his money elsewhere, go do something else. Because there's nothing good for him here. There's, there's, no, there's no way he comes out better than the amount of money that Michelle Kane's going to pay him for 33% of the team. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you also have to look at the impact that this is going to have on the players news. I, I don't, I don't know like how much of this is actually related, but the fifth overall pick for the Orlando pride, uh, me official, me official. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce that. Um, who player from UCLA signed with Tigress rebooked in WSL. And the fact that she was the fifth overall pick and went and signed down at Liga MX, uh, Liga MX Feminel. For uh, more money, yeah, the, we'll for more money, yes, and I think that's the point. Mm-hmm. NWSL is still probably the top women's league, professional league in the world, but it's getting some stiff competition. You look at the uh, Barcelona Real Madrid uh, women's game sold out the Camp Nou, sold out the 82, Camp Nou, eighty two thousand seats. 82,000 seats for that game. The, uh, you'll watch the League of Max, the MX final last, uh, last, uh, uh, winter, last December. Amazing crowd at that game. The rest of the world is starting to wake up and starting to see the value of this. And, uh, that's going to make it a lot harder for, it's already been a little bit harder for the NWSL to keep players. They are not the only game in town. So that's another thing to consider as, as ownership messes do have a downward effect people hear about this people say wow this league's a mess like look they can't even their owners they can't even allow this person who clearly has the best players interest in heart instead they're going to keep the control with somebody who very clearly did not for all those years why would i go play in this league why would i go spend my time in this league i'm out like i'm gonna go sign somewhere else where also like as a you know playing in the college game which is probably one of the top developmental women's developmental leagues in the world uh i can make way more money because i'm gonna get more money because of because my talent is recognized so i think um, the nwsl is in trouble i think they i think they they have squandered a lead here they have uh, i'm trying to think of the the the, what's the (laughs) what's the uh super bowl uh the big lead given up to the the Patriots, whatever, whatever that is, that's what this is. Here's the challenge. Uh, Teams in Europe are so flush. Many of them, not all of them. Many of them are so flush with money that they can throw weight around to a scale that the NWSL can't even pretend to do. And it will not affect their balance sheets. These are marginal increases in costs for them. And they open up an entire new audience that they didn't have before. And they don't even have to really stretch too hard. The NWSL, financially is in a much rougher place. They don't have, I mean, they have the, the agreement with CBS, but that agreement is much, most about access or most about visibility. It's not about money. It's not, they're not making a bunch of money from this deal. It's about making sure that they're available to be seen on CBS uh, and every game is on TV. It is easy for these to sort of like the, the, the feet, the, the woman's branch of these major men's teams are going to eat NWSL's lunch, and there's little they can do about it because there isn't the, they're not capitalized to the extent where they can fight it, and the, and the business itself is not strong enough to justify spending that money. So the only you could basically the only thing you can do is have people that don't care, ownership groups that do not care about deficit spending, to keep their best players, or you can have more shenanigans with. Uh, the U.S. Women's National Team not allowing players to play internationally, which they'll, I think they'll probably come back and do that again. I think that will be the, that will be the fix. Uh, but I, I think it's just a matter of time. I, I really yeah. do. I don't I don't think there's anything they can do about it. 
the the biggest the biggest thing keeping propping the NWSL up at this point was the fact that everywhere else in the world just did not care about their women's teams. They had them, they existed, uh, but they were not investing the amount of money. Now they're seeing the investment. And a lot of it came from a lot of these women's teams, particularly England. I think England had that huge run in the Women's World Cup that sparked interest. Hey, look, there's a whole untapped market here. We can and and we have money. It doesn't matter to us. I mean, that's not we're not beholden to financial fair play regulations for uh, for for that. So we're let's put the money in. Chelsea started doing it. Arsenal has done it for years. Uh, Pretty PSG has started to do it. Um, Leon owns a uh, a a team in uh, in Seattle, uh, so I mean a whole NWSL team, and now Mexico especially especially is starting to 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 really put money into that. Uh, Tigres is one of the better one of the best women's teams in the in the world. Uh, I think they could they could be very very competitive in uh, in 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 WSL probably be one of the top teams uh, in the whole league and we'll see, hopefully we will get to see them play in the international championships. Man, I want some games to watch. Can we get some actual games so, uh, to watch? But so to to more to prove my point, I'm looking at a. I, mean, I think I think the 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 intention with this Twitter account is not positive, uh, but basically what it does is it tra- it charts WSL attendances. So that's the. That's the women's league uh, in England, and on an average week, we're looking at fifteen hundred people uh, for for ten ten games, five games, six games. So they're able to spend this money without having the finances from the women's side support it, right? So they're able to make mm-hmm. these signings even though they're drawing fifteen hundred, two thousand people. Doesn't make a difference. They're still they're, it's still going to be an overall positive for them. Uh, so that's that's the difference, right? And NWSL needs income, needs revenue to justify expense because they're independently they're independent business. Particularly now that they they are now completely independent from US soccer. They're standing on their own two feet. So that is mm-hmm. the cha- it's just it's 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 like they're they have uh they have a lot more bullets than we do. We're fighting a war, they have unlimited ammo and we're and we're just trying to, we're just picking up on unused bullets on the ground. That's that's sort of the that's the situation that we're in. So it uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't want to get too far in forecasts on NWSL, but this is so. I guess I would say it's very important to support your NWSL franchise, even if, <laughs> even if they've made it very hard for you to do so in the last couple uh, years. You're sort of trapped I, in a bad situation, I guess. Yeah, but I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody who's like, you know what? If, if this doesn't go the way that we all hear on the show, all everyone, everyone who is not Steve Baldwin and maybe uh, some other associated people want this to go every almost 99% of the population that, that knows this story wants this to go to Michelle Kang. If this doesn't go that way, I'm not going to sit here and tell somebody, Oh, you have to support, you have to back the spirit. You have to, there's other, you know what? There are other options. There are going to be other options in the DC area uh, coming up. Uh, DC United also launching a, a a women's side. Uh, Hopefully that is well run. That was always the caveat, but I mean, it, it does exist out there. So I'm not going to sit here and tell somebody, oh, you have to do it. You just have to do your, your do your duty uh, to do that. Because frankly, uh, NWSL hasn't earned it uh, in years. And uh, we're hearing also the news coming out of the uh, the Portland supporters oh, and, and all that's been going on. That's it's been it's been a mess. It's been a mess. Give that. Give um, a give a quick version of that for for the folks who maybe don't know about it. Yeah, so uh, I I know the bit of the highlights. I've read a little bit about it. Uh, basically, the 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 supporters are not happy about, of course, the situation with Paul Riley and everything that sort of came from there. Um, and they basically had said um, they basically had sort of been having regular meetings with the ownership, and the ownership basically stopped doing that. In fact, they called out. I think it was the one o one o seven one o seventh or something like that. One o seven first. I forget what they're called. Um, the one of the supporters groups basically said, "You guys need more diversity of thought." Um, and that was what they called them out for. Until that happens, we're not going to meet with that you. That is a Merrick Paulson uh, ass tweet. <laughs> if yeah. I have ever heard one in my life, yeah. So it's it's it, it's it's crazy. It, it's the same argument that you know, having a group that I, I don't know. It's 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 disgusting. It's awful. It's an awful way to treat fans uh, who and people have rightly pointed out. Uh, Portland helped build MLS. Mm-hmm. Portland played a major role. Those 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 atmospheres. 2.0 anyway. Uh, when right? they came in, when, yeah, when they came the into the, generation. when they came in, Seattle was there as well, but Portland was the first one to kind of do it and really create 
an atmosphere that felt different than going to like, uh, you know, all, all due intense purpose. Seattle still does a really good job. I'm not saying that they have excellent fan support, but it feel, still felt like going to, it was in an NFL stadium. This was a team that owned their stadium. That was only going to be used for Portland Timbers soccer or, uh, Portland Thorns soccer. And they built in, in WSL too. They created great atmospheres for that team. And to kind of say, like, well, we're actually good enough. And they probably look at the season ticket numbers. They say, oh, well, we're still well above our, our goal. And probably they're right because, again, Twitter sometimes doesn't represent, you know, the the full. And the people that tweet, oh, I'm done with my season tickets and then end up buying season <laughs> tickets. It's, was that the nutmeg news today was, like, yeah, <laughs> Portland Timbers fan uh, writes F.U. in the memo as he signs his $2,700 check to the Portland Timbers yeah. for season tickets. <laughs> but But – but to, to that point, I mean, they keep going down this route. I mean, the, the atmosphere, they might sell those season tickets. They might get those season tickets in, but they're not going to be as engaged. The atmosphere is going to go down. Uh, look only to uh, up north in Landover, Maryland, about how bad treating fans and ownership can go and how much it can wilt uh, what was one of the best, you know, one of the best fan bases in the NFL yep. uh, for a team with a, not with a, with a racist name, uh, but Still to the point, they had a great fan base who supported that team, and that is all completely wilted away and into almost nothing um, up there. And that's what years of bad ownership, years of not paying attention to fans can do. It's not going to happen overnight. It didn't happen overnight for the Washington football team. Uh, it took years and years and years, and then eventually the it kind of just broke, and suddenly it was just it was it was awful. So we have said this um, for for soccer in this country, owners may not like what their fans say. They may not even like their fans. They may think that they are whatever. whatever. Maybe they don't agree with their politics. Maybe they don't agree with their things, that they, the way they do things. Uh, but there are not replacement soccer fans sitting on the sidelines ready to hop in uh, when ownership no longer listens to these voices. Yeah. They don't, there's no backup. So whether you like it or not, if you want to continue as a business in this country, you have to do what the people who pay your existence uh, want you to do. That's just the way it goes. That's yeah. business. So uh, good luck yeah. with this, Portland. Uh, it's it's a strategy that will not work. Yep. All right, folks. I think that's going to do it for for today. Uh, hopefully, we're going to have some more positive news to talk about. Kane's going to take the ownership. DC's going to sign three designated players, two designated players, some something of that effect. Uh, hopefully, we're going to have some positive news to talk about, some signings, some actual tangible things. Uh, be patient, everybody. Take a breather. Relax. It's uh, January 17th. Uh, we still have some time, so to speak, until the season starts. Uh, training camp has just begun. Everybody just take a breath. Go see family. Go go enjoy the enjoy the outdoor air. Get off get off the Discord chat. Get off the Twitter, the Twitterverse. But keep DC. listening to podcasts. Yes, but keep, listen, <laughs> listen to our show and then do those things. There you go. That's what you do. Download our show, listen to our show, then do. If you made it to the end of the show, you already did that. So thank you. All right, guys. Uh, we will catch you guys uh, next week. Vamos. Vamos.